Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Fundamentalist. I'm so excited about this particular hour-ish of chats that we're going to have because it's very relevant to our current situation. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there's been a pandemic going on for quite a while. Things have been really shutting down, and we're about to open back up. Things are slowly, society is sort of peeking its eye out a little bit and peeking it, poking its head out and saying, hey, I'm coming back, get ready. And with that comes <clears throat> a lot of anxiety and a lot of uh, fear about communicating with other people and how to have conflict, how to go through, how to feel like you're in conflict when maybe you're not in conflict because you're just dusty. Uh, I know I've experienced this on a personal level. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Pete's about one of three people I talk to on a regular (laughs) basis. And I was on a hike with a buddy and I could, I was like, I can't make a conversation to save my life right now. And it was just the most normal, docile, nice, pleasant conversation with a nice, pleasant person. And I You just have to pretend you're on a podcast. Just pretend there's a microphone in front of you. Well, thank you so much for asking me. I usually just, and I have been having a good morning. And yes, I would, yeah. Uh, And so it's it's an interesting topic and it's an interesting Mm. time to be alive where we are, uh, we're gonna have to adjust, I guess. And so Pete came up with this idea for a topic um, and we have another episode as well lined up, spoiler alert, called, I think, Money and UFOs, which yeah. I'm pretty stoked about. <laughs> uh, and so that's also in the pipeline. Thank you to everyone who has joined thus far on patreon.com slash the fundamentalists. We are officially over the amount of money it'll take for us to get this thing edited, us to get it feeling sexier and nicer. And uh, we're going to start adding more content to the Patreon next month, early next month. And I'm very excited about that's that. That's great well. you're saying that. Is that right? That's what we're going to do. That is what that's we're doing. That's good. We've said it publicly. There so it is. No, it's going to happen. And that right? it, it, yeah, okay. but I said it last time too, but that hasn't gone up yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we gotta, we'll come up with the whole thing, and I'm going to start posting weird stuff on there just to, to mess with the people that are there. I think it's going to be very very fun and silly. Um, very good. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's been going on? Uh, I got my hair cut. I had the weirdest haircut in the world. Uh, did I tell you about this? I think I might have. Did, I yeah. went to a little, little hole in the wall. Tell place. me again. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and it was the, very surreal because I said... Um, I didn't go to our usual friend, sure. Johnny, because he, he's far away. I've given up my car because I live in downtown LA. So I thought, I'll just walk somewhere. And I said, I like the length. Oh, yeah, I kind of like the length, meaning don't go crazy and cut too much off. But she took it really literally. And she didn't speak very good English, and I don't speak any Spanish. And she just cuts mostly air. I literally watched for like... Yeah. And and then little t- like so little hair, it was inc- it was actually you quite can incredible. always take more off is probably what she's thinking. I know, but I kept saying more, more, and then it just you just kept just a little know. bit, a little <laughs> this bit. This is what you're gonna get. <laughs> this is what you're gonna get. You like the length uh, now. I like so. the length. So I kind of never thought like I like the length because that is a if you take that literally, that's a tough one for a hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. It's like because all they can do is take hair off. Yeah. Unless they're giving you extensions it's or something. It's like getting a personal trainer and being like, before we begin, I'm happy with everything exactly <laughs> yeah. as it is. Completely fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> don't, just I have no goals. Block. I don't know. I'm just lonely. I just need the, <laughs> the touch, the feeling that there's a physical, like, hands around me a little bit. That's maybe, that was it. I just, <laughs> just, I just so, God, I'm so lonely. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was the highlight of my week. Well, your hair looks incredible, Pete. Oh, thank you. And I really love the length. Thank you. Well, you've been well, you've been out. You've been socialized. And you were hiking. I did do that. I didn't do that today. I've been doing the. Uh, I had a couple hours of an online class today, which was very nice. And then next week I have my residential days, and so I won't be able to hike for a little bit. But I have been doing the hiking thing, and I have been attempting to communicate with people. But um, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. Now 
my question is, is this episode on conflict per se mm. or communication in which you are worried about conflict? Let's discuss. Ah, let's discuss. Let's open yeah. this. Open That's, your books to page 42. Yeah. <laughs> get your notepads out. Get your, get notepads, your pens. Get ready. Let's get going. Yeah, well, so my first thought on it was um, that, well, okay, so I was thinking about, we've talked about this before, Melanie Klein has this notion of the paranoid schizoid experience that okay. you have when you're kids. Uh, hippies call this the, um, the wisdom of young people, the sure. wisdom of youth, which is not wisdom at all. It's just um, kids are very not dialectic, right? So kids, whenever they first come into language, they're first coming into being a split subject and it's very, very difficult. And so what happens is kids get into things like guns and, and dinosaurs and tanks. and <laughs> Guns you know, is the first one. Yeah, like because, you know, this, it's a politics of war where you want to destroy, you split the world into goodies and Everything's baddies. absolute. And, yeah, and you want to destroy the other. That's how you deal with conflict, to destroy the other, which means you're innocent and pure. You're hanging out with some badass kids. Yeah. <laughs> they sound pretty rough and tumble. I don't yeah. know if I want to hang out with those kids. They sound scary, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, to... you see those kids as well, kids, all kids who have the you know temper tantrums where they go from being very happy and innocent to if they were strong enough, they would destroy the world. You yeah. Know, that kind yeah. of boom, boom. It's an inability to be dialectic, so it's, it's black and white. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, and even whenever, obviously, the monster in the cupboard is, is really inside them, but they've they've again non-dialectically pushed out their own repressed mm -hmm. feelings into an outside space. So that's very common for kids. Parano it's called paranoid schizoid because you're paranoid. A paranoid person has an enemy. They're a protagonist in their own movie, their own life, and they have an enemy. And schizoid because schizoid splits their personality. Out there. Yeah. Out there. Yeah, it's out there. There's the inner pure, the outer there. So, so kids are crazy. Schizoid. What's that? Kids are insane. Kids are insane. <laughs> yes, um, and this is this carries with all of us to some extent. You know, we see it even in. I was watching a wee bit of Mortal Kombat the other day, and it's obviously got this real goody and baddy thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was with a friend who's got a kid, and I was noticing, which I've noticed with parents sometimes, is the fantasy of someone hurting their child. Right? There's a real enjoyment, you know, where the where the parent says. I would, if someone attacked my child, I would kill them. Mm -hmm. right? So you can see they're getting a real enjoyment because no one's asked them that. So like you're kind of just walking along the street and yeah. they go, if anyone, if anyone touched my kid. And just do it. Just waiting. Waiting. So there's an enjoyment of the fantasy of, of, a, of a radical evil, you know, would destroy your kid. So that's in us all. But my worry is with COVID and a, kind of a politics of opposition and uh, social media, this paranoid schizoid position is really being encouraged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then my worry is as we start to open up again, more and more of us are nervous about going into the world because when you go into the world of parties, when you interact with people, there's always toxicity, there's always ambiguity, there's always things yeah. that will go wrong. But now increasingly, I think more and more people are fearful if a joke lands badly or if they have an, embar uh, an awkward date or an embarrassing sexual experience or something like that, there's a worry not just that they will be a bit embarrassed, but there's a worry that that could excommunicate them from their social group. Yeah. And I think I want to talk about this because I feel it, you know? Do you? I think I do. I think I, I start to feel more 
concerned that a lot of people I know cannot tolerate ambiguity to the same extent because social media algorithms always start to put you into a room where you're only dealing with the same Mm -hmm. people in your position and you're not interacting with others and covid has put you in a position psychologically where the other is seen as toxic is as potentially has germs as something that can hurt you and so you're more with only your family unit and then and then kind of the politics of opposition which is more about you know the secular purity cultures that we see arising i'm like do that i worry that 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 generates a paranoid schizoid social relation oh yeah Oh yeah, mm. yeah, I think so. Or uh, am I being, or am I being too no, paranoid, schizoid? No, <laughs> you've been paranoid. No, um, mm. yeah, I th- definitely think that. I mean, I've noticed an increase in my own paranoia just in my isolation. Like my, the fantasies that I come up with, I don't realize they're fantasies at the time. I think I'm ve- being very logical and yeah. very fair, and all of a sudden I'll realize, uh oh, uh, I've completely misread a situation. I have been, perhaps, uh, I think when you're alone all the time, and even if you're with people in your house or you, if you're on your phone with social media it seems to be that things are changing at a very rapid pace right now in relation to how invested we are in the social media world and in the internet world and i used to really feel like the internet was a haven i felt this way about youtube i thought youtube was this wonderful playground the wild west people were you know doing what they wanted to do. They were following their dreams, following their passion. They were being true to who they were. And it has become since then, not only is it it this thing that I think is no longer separate from our existences, it is so totally almost the bulk of our existences of being online and looking at social, looking at Twitter, looking at YouTube. Thank you for being here, listening mm-hmm. to a podcast. We're outsourcing all of our social interactions, um, the nitty gritty stuff where we could bump up against other people to the sterilized, uh, you know, screen barrier, barriered, uh, barricaded yeah. uh, existence of the internet. And I'm, I, I do have like, I also worry, though, that I'm just yelling at kids to get off the lawn, and I'm just also nostalgic for a time on the internet that I felt was more pure and nice and yeah. joyful. And now it just seems like, yeah, everyone is, everyone's got their the the guns out, pointing, you know, and and it's like that scene in the office, and everyone's just waiting uh, to to either for themselves to mess up or for someone else to mess up. And uh, it's like, whew, who cares? Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Like my worry is. I think a lot of society is about, I, we've talked about this before, about like um, what to do with dirt, right? What to do with the impure, right back in primitive societies, right through to technologies. It's all about, you know, how to get rid of the toxic, how to be, how to create an antiseptic environment. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me, technology, I mean, we're surrounded by it now. Um, it's all very clean. It's got an Apple aesthetic. And when you look at sci-fi movies, you can see they kind of like, extrapolate this purity so the mm-hmm. spaceships are like have these almost like a surgery like a like yep. you're in a hospital sterile, sterile sur- sur- surgical experience and i think most of what technologies are offering us today is more purity culture sterile environments they not only look minimalist and sterile like apple stores but they say we will get rid of the toxic other you'll only hear from the correct people your tribe your community your section and we'll, we can get rid of toxicity. You can literally silence people. You can shadow ban people. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can shut out any kind of like conflict. And the problem with this is, not, is that the repression has to go somewhere. So with less conflict comes war. Whenever you can't tolerate conflict, 
war is just around the corner because war is the inability to have to tolerate mm-hmm. conflict it's the destruction of the other sometimes i do love a good uh muting people though yeah well yes yeah, i mean you i do it like that's the thing it, it kind of we it works you i know? mute like a old like i am living in an old western and i got like just yeah i mute left and right but uh i also unfollow and do all that stuff because i think that sometimes it's good to, i think it's it's like this weird thing where you see people it's like if you have if there's an opposing opinion that let's say is dumb like mm. it's a dumb opinion what will happen that i see is it's not like unfollowing these people doesn't expose me to it. It just, it ends up getting quote tweeted and made fun of. And then there's this weird thing I think where it's like, you're training your brain to see the responses to things, the sort of like opinion that dismantles the original opinion before you, you get to what the person was actually saying in the first place. And so the, even the order that we, that we process information in right now is a little backwards. It's like, how are we, how are we only reading responses and then going, that makes sense without having any idea what's going on in the, in the source material. That said, with some people, you know, they say dumb things, you gotta make fun of them. Uh, That's life. But yeah. And, and, you know, maybe like, I think there's, I saw this, I noticed this maybe in 2016 or so that this, this tendency was almost reaching a point of no return. So at this point, the reason why you probably unfollow people and shadow ban and all of that is because it's you're it's it already is war like you're not getting kind of like thoughtful pushback i love thoughtful i got an email from someone the other oh, day I see. Yeah, it and is they the, yeah. they gave me a it was a really thoughtful i've actually had three emails in the last week of thoughtful responses to things i've said in mm-hmm. a seminar but they were intelligent thoughtful kind um one was in response, actually, to a fundamentalists episode where we we're talking about the labor theory of value and got a great email from someone kind of pushing back on the idea. Oh, really? That's wonderful. Cool. And it was really nice back and forth. It was really respectful and all of that. But there's less and less of that, especially on something like a social media platform where it's, it's like, like Twitter, where it's very tiny responses. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can't, it's very hard to engage with someone who might already be kind of very very angry or whatever you know yeah and then you take all that and you get used to it even if you don't realize you're getting used to it and then you go out in the world and then it's like i don't know it's like uh when i do it i almost imagine when i see people now whether it's on a hike or or i guess that'd be pretty much it <laughs> that's the I only thing you've done in the last six months so it. yeah it must yeah, be it. So, <laughs> the hike the one <laughs> thing the one thing i did but uh it's almost like yeah, people's people's inherent uh, value isn't is high because I'm like, I almost don't know what to believe. I'm like, is this is the, what you're saying in person going to be as um, honest or as passionate as what you say when you're online doing sort of the you know venting about all these things? And then that creates in me an anxiety because I'm like, I don't know what, what version I'm getting of people. Am I getting the Instagram version of them that's having a good time, the Twitter version that's like mm-hmm. politically like woke and gets it and they're going after people that they feel are wronging other people? Am I getting like the, the Tumblr version, which whatever that is? Maybe I'm getting the, the Tinder version and that's inappropriate. They can stay away from me. No, <laughs> thank you. Taken. How dare you? Uh, but yeah, it's like everyone has these different extensions yep. of their personality now that I'm like, what happened who's who is the person then who who's has the pie chart breakdown uh, yeah. in terms of where people are at um yeah i'm mostly instagram all the time oh uh, yeah instagram you know I, I it's the um it's the imaginary so it's usually a nicer 
kind of space or whatever. That's my but, favorite. Yeah. I love the Imagineer. Yeah. But I mean, like having a conversation, like you're on a hike, if some, even a conversation about something like masks or about the vaccine or about certain politi- political things, you know, I'm sure even among people you know, you might go, that's just not something I want to touch, which is weird even among people, maybe not best friends, but even like colleagues mm-hmm. where you go like, oh, if I have an opinion, it's a little bit just not, you know, I do. I just not sure if my opinion is is the one that's that's kind of shared on Twitter. Um, should I say anything? And I think I think lots of normal people are feeling it. So it's almost like whether or not it's true, there are more and more of us are just going. I don't want to risk going into the world. Yeah, a lot of this is not even. I mean, I think a lot of this is LA, just yeah. as much as it's uh, internet. I mean, yes. I know that when I talk to my family in Florida, it's. People in, in in other parts of the country, Florida is a little bit more of an extreme situation because it's a, it's no man's land out mm-hmm. there. It's lawless, lawless, yeah. uh, absolutely lawless. But uh, I I love it for its all of its imperfections. I, I love uh, it. I love it through you. I, well, I'd love to live there. Someday. Oh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you will probably end up in Florida. Yeah, I think, I, think I might. Your I personality in yeah, Florida would line. fit quite well with yeah, Florida. Two yeah. pieces of pot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, other parts of the country. I just feel like in LA, in particular, it is. Um, it's very much. It's very much like that. Where I think we have been sort of conditioned to be a little more cautious and hyper aware, and that's great in some ways. I think in other ways, it's creating yeah more yeah. anxiety. It's like the in a union sense might be considered the shadow side of mm-hmm. this sort of uh, well intentioned. Uh, behavior yeah and the thing is it's it's although you're right like it's a very la thing and i'm feeling it so much so that la you know it's not my favorite place in the world anymore but it's but it is being exported everywhere like it's funny i talk to people in northern ireland and it's and they're they're saying the same thing is start is kind of there to not to the same extent maybe it just concerns and worries and the funny thing is as most of us know like you know you're friendly with somebody precisely when you can say something offensive about them, right? So if you go to a bar in Northern Ireland and during the Troubles, uh, the moment that you can, if you're Catholic, you can tell a joke about Protestants, or if you're a Protestant, you can tell a joke about Catholics to your Catholic or Protestant friend. It's that moment when you're really friends, like when you can offend the other person. But So the offenses is very, very important part of, friendships and relationships but i think more and more of us are going how do we navigate that mm-hmm. and i think even things like only fans i think is a is is connected to this because it's easier and easier if you're worried about sexual encounters where you could be misunderstood you tell someone your sexual fantasy and they don't like it or whatever it's easier and easier to try to take the toxicity out of sexuality mm-hmm. where you go to a sex worker which is I have no problems with, but you go to a sex worker and it's very easy. It's like me muting somebody. I can contractually negotiate what I want. I pay for it. And then I have no worries that there will be any misunderstanding or anything like that. So my concern is more and more of us are going to kind of in, in our attempts to detoxify our worlds is do sex through kind of things like OnlyFans. Well, that's a form of sexuality or through sex workers. Um, like meeting up with somebody Mm -hmm. and we'll be more and more play computer games more and more kind of like uh, go the way a lot of Japanese culture is like a very kind of more reclusive type of social experience you'd be shocked to hear this Pete I know very little about Japanese culture Um, 
being that I am a nerdy, uh, uncultured human, but mm-hmm. uh, it is a fascinating culture from what I've oh, yeah. seen. Yeah, I, I think culture. that uh, it's like Ready Player One, I think, is the direction that we're headed in. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it recently, so sorry for the dated reference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's um, it's not my thing, and I, 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 but I get the appeal because people that uh, you know I, I know are very into that world of... of strapping in forgetting everything and then they're they are still able to get social interaction out of it they are still able to hang out with their friends and they're able to do it from their living rooms i think that's very cool and i think it's definitely um like an advancement in many ways but i uh, would echo the same thing yeah i think it's gonna have the the counter side of it is it's gonna be more difficult to just sort of let your guard down in real time in person it was hard enough before i think too it's like i'm i'm chalking it all up to covid like it wasn't it's tough for some types of more introverted people to be able to talk to people anyway yes and now it's gonna be like um is it me or is it the covid on me is it the pandemic is it them is it it him you know you're exactly right like part of the thing with anxiety is Anxiety is connected loosely with what does the other want from me? So there's all the social anxiety when you go to a party and you go, did I say the wrong thing? Was I inappropriate? Was was uh, was I too quiet or was I too loud? That's normal. Like that's already normal. It just feels like there's more yeah. at stake now. Even you know what I just realized, Pete? The moment you said... Um, you made a whole very smart, I think very profound, well-intentioned statement about OnlyFans and sex workers. Did you see how I didn't even remotely acknowledge it? <laughs> <laughs> I like You're like, some things you just don't touch. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to focus on the <laughs> VR part of that statement. <laughs> even though we should, if we did a whole episode on, on OnlyFans, I'm sure that would be very uh, interesting. Yeah, but well, I'm signed up to yours and it's very enlightening. You're you know? welcome. Yeah. <laughs> See what I've thought about it, man. But that's the kind of thing I don't think people, uh, I don't think they, they like the jokey stuff so much on that area it's like no you, you're doing it for a reason you're it's a it's a uh, you're getting something oh yeah well no i mean and that's what i'm saying is that for me it's interesting that the the increase in kind of that which is 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 meeting a need and one of the needs is you can have a sexual experience yep. where you do not have to worry yep. that you that you look stupid that you do something awkward that you're embarrassed or anything you you pay a money small amount of money you get what you need without the without the the friction the problem is if all of our society if technology is is driving us towards and a politics of purity and these kind of things are driving us towards more of an antiseptic type of relationship where even in vr you get shadow ban people so you literally are at a yeah, party there's too much lube yeah <laughs> we put too much lube everywhere everything's nice. slippery yes no friction no friction it really took me a second to come up with that one, guys. that was so. good i like that i you know i saw something yeah. on, on instagram where this husband had changed his wife's live love lube she changed it to lube it's like supposedly it looks so similar like she still hasn't noticed <laughs> i got a uh, i got an offer in my email for i get these i never take them but there's like there's um mailing lists i'm on for different campaigns that people do for online you know you you post something and it's hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored and this was a lube company and they were like would you be interested in like posting about these different kinds of lube that we have for this type of thing and this type of thing and the anal and the oral and all that and i was like hmm uh that would be great yeah it would be great i'll tell you what i don't think that'd go well for me on a on a personal 
level. I don't think that I, that would. I don't think I'd have a happy home. <laughs> I think uh, if I just all of a sudden was like, I love this lube, I love doing it everywhere. I think I might, for some reason, I think I might have a hard hard night that night. But uh, yeah. uh, no pun intended. But yeah, so it was very yeah. funny, though. I was like, That's I probably funny. won't do that. But, uh, you know, of course, yeah. I hope it's, I'm sure it's great lube. Yeah. But yeah. B- bottom line is there's too much lube going around, very little friction. You lose the friction. I think you lose the actual, you know, magic yes. of life. We're going to have to get back to it. Maybe yeah. just going to take a little bit of work. Maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe you're yeah. overthinking it. Yes. And the, you know what the issue is? The Maybe issue Peter is, Rollins, the philosopher, is overthinking, overthinking yeah. something. Yeah. And, and you know, the truth is it has to change because if, if the more you go into a non-dialectic kind of purity thing, eventually the a war starts of various types. And then either we destroy each other or then we get back to finding a way of having a certain uh, ability to tolerate um, the tension and ability to tolerate that that friction. Which um, direction do you think it's going in right now? I think we're sadly a far away <laughs> from getting back to that. Yeah, 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 I, think yeah, yeah. I think we're maybe yeah. uh, past the point of no return mm. a little bit. Uh, but it just, it you know, to it, a lot of it, I think, I feel like we talk about this in a very like, ah, oh, we're getting rid of all these conflicts or whatever, which is in a sense us sort of being a little, con- like not contradictory, but there's a little bit of a antagonism, I think, to the certain type of culture that's happening, which I think is very lovely. But there's also, I think, very good parts about that kind of world of sort of stepping away, being in the comfort of your own place, especially for people right now who regardless of social interaction, their levels of anxiety and caginess, at least in my, my speaking personally, my levels of caginess right now are at an all time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, and that alone is anxiety inducing. The, the problem is that so solving the caginess means going out into a social environment and that creates even more anxiety. So you could say this is a no win situation. Yeah. <laughs> and then taking the risk, like when you go into a social situation, which we're going to have to do very soon, hopefully if things begin to lift, you know, may not, mm-hmm. but, um, is exactly. we're going to have to take those risks. We're going to have mm-hmm. to take those risks socially. And here's another thing I've noticed in LA, and I think this might be the way things are going a little bit, is that there will be more private clubs where you can, for a price, hang out with people who are not toxic, as in who are like you. And this, I don't like this either. Like You're these, talking about patreon.com slash the fundamentalist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, if, yeah, that's Don't perfect. join that if you don't want any toxicity. Yeah, there's a lot of toxicity in there. We're going to be uh, crazy. You don't even know. It's going to be basically an OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good way to go. Um, yeah, no, I because so, I, I mentioned about being at a party recently, and it was that kind of idea. It was a private party. They were trying to curate the guests. And, of course, I can understand why that's why people what people want. At first, only rich people can have that kind of thing, right? If you have to be mega rich to have a care, like you have to go to TED. I went to TED once because I knew a very wealthy person, friend of mine, and he bought some tickets. Do you know how what the tickets price was? What six thousand? This is ten. This is five, six or seven years ago. It was ten six thousand dollars a ticket, and you couldn't buy a ticket. They had to you 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 applied, and they would decide whether. They mm-hmm. would sell you the ticket. That's fascinating. Six grand ticket. So that was the super wealthy curated. We curate an experience of only the correct people, of only the elite, and in, inverted commas, people who aren't watching this, the elite people, only the people who are right. And now the price goes down. Like, by the way, the same, my same friend who, who is well, who's wealthy, he bought this. Did I tell you about this? this he has this room in his, 
is house that is like this. It looks like um, Hal out of 2001. And it was a system that basically gave you all of the movies that existed in the world, right? So cool. you could watch all these movies. So it was before Netflix and stuff. Cool. That cost a fortune. And now you can get that for 10 bucks a month. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in, in the same way, now all of us are going to be able to, for in Patreon, for example, for five bucks a month, you're part of your curated community. Or in real physical terms, in your city, you'll be able to pay $50 a month to go to a private club with people who are interested in the same things. I like you. that, though. I want to do that. Well, see, that's the thing. It appeals to us. All of this appeals to us, yeah. but I don't know if it's good. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. It really the I idea still want to. I'll find out. We're always so we are always so desirous about antiseptic communities. That's what we well, that we're always tend towards them. I don't know if it's antiseptic. Like I don't know if the TED thing is they were necessarily. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe you know more than than I do with that. Because what I heard about the TED thing that I think is really interesting is you cannot submit to to TED through like an agent or through like a manager. You have to go. You have to directly submit what your content is, and then they go through. And so it's like the creator or the t the speaker goes to ted it's similar to it sounds like the ticket situation oh, yeah most other situations i think public speaking events and corporate gigs and stuff all go through management and stuff but ted's like no no we speak directly with the actual people which i think is kind of cool yeah but i i want to see technologies and things where you go i've got a club and the point of the club is that you will actually meet people who you don't like so like you know i run this thing called the last supper where you meet someone who is completely different from you and if you don't like them it's their last supper right but it's this is a technology or a, a social club that was the opposite mm -hmm. it, it's a social club so it was a dinner club 12 people meet together and precisely someone comes into the room it's based on a movie actually with um cameron diaz in it called the last supper which mm. is in the 80s it's a really good movie actually wow. it's for me it's about a group of students who I, 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 this might be wrong. I might for, forget some of it, but I think somebody, um, cra someone's car breaks down and they go to this person's house and there's a group of students and they realize this person is a really horrible, like really racist individual or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they kill him, right? They poison his wine and they bury him in the garden. And then they start a club where they invite people who are, you know, conservative or this or that or horrible or whatever they think horrible is and if they don't like them at the end they poison them put them in the back garden and it's it's a great idea. so i i, I inspired Love by it. this movie i set up the last supper how many people have you killed yeah a few yeah it's a different uh, yeah but um the idea is it's precisely a kind of social club where you encounter the toxic other what happens if you just spitballing here mm -hmm. are like myself and there's very few people you objectively and immediately dislike like i yes. have to work my way up to disliking someone because it's too much energy now sometimes mm -hmm. they'll say the right thing pretty quickly yeah and even then it's not dislike it's more like this is not my cup of tea as in terms of an acquaintance slash friendship mm -hmm. but to truly dislike is a whole like that yeah. sounds exhausting. But you know what? That's it. There's 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 two things going <laughs> on at the moment. Some of us are being caught up in the paranoid schizoid thing. Go for it. Can you keep I can I'm gonna try. Guys, I'm gonna try to get a drink and see if Pete can, can maintain keep this his, going. Do you okay. mean top you off? Are you good? Uh yeah, top me up, but it might you might have to go and find gin in the cupboard and all oh, of that kind of stuff. So worst case scenario, we can cup and come back. But yeah, the thing I was gonna say is there's there's people 
some of us are caught up in this paranoid schizoid kind of like um, non-dialectic experience of conflict. But then there's a whole pile of people, and I think this is the majority, the majority who aren't caught up in it but are terrified of being excommunicated as a result of it. Yes. That's the problem. And and I think they are the vast majority. Actually, like the 90% of us, 95% of us are not in the paranoid schizoid position. We're in the depressive situation, which is the, we are able to tolerate ambiguity. You really, really lovely. Tolerated the, you really tolerated that ambiguity of me getting up to... I, yeah, I was able to do it for the first time. Usually I just that was I really feel good. without you. Because it means you're yeah. passionate about this. Yeah. This is a high octane episode. This is. Because, yeah, so the, yeah, it is. It's scary to me because... The vast majority of us aren't like this. And sometimes we, I have, I have a friend, he's a conservative Texan, right? Great guy. And online, he sometimes comes across a bit um, aggressive. But when I talk to him, it's just, he goes like, I see, he says, I get so caught up in, in the conflict or the war. I get so caught up in the back and forth. He says, that, he says I even say things I don't believe in just because just I'm so angry and annoyed. Oh, that's strange. He, yeah, so he's so he's he's caught up in it a little that. bit. What's that? <laughs> I don't I don't know that that's a good. Yeah, if you're saying things you don't even agree with. Yeah, but you, but we all do. Like in an argument, if you're having an argument with your partner, you can sometimes then over egg your position. You start to sound like a world expert on something, and it takes the other person to say, "Hey, I don't know." I, you know, I don't really maybe know what I'm talking about. For the other person, well, no, neither do I. And then you back down. Yeah. So we, we all kind of like, w- that's the problem with war. You it just you just like, like uh, level up and level up and level up to this level of conflict. So some of us are caught in that. And then some of us are like, I just want to shut the curtains yep. and keep away from this. And both of those are not good. I wonder if this is why I get so drawn to not drawn, I would say, but I, I love sinking my teeth into the conspiracy theories because uh, that's where you can have sort of, you can engage in a fictitious contradiction that is almost safer than the actual conflict that appears in everyday life uh, all the time. That's very interesting. This is what we do here in this. We just sort of, yeah. We just philosophize here, guys. It's uh, really incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think it's something to it where it's like, oh, this is like a, like, especially if you go to, did I tell you? Okay, first of okay. all, I'm going to reference another episode that hasn't gone up yet, but it's going to go up hopefully. If it doesn't go up publicly, it'll I, be. I, I, was a bit, I was a bit cautious about whether it was any good, but you're saying. I think it's great. It so I'm, we're going to put it up, but you're hearing me say, I think it might, I think I might not have been a bit crap. Here's why it's it's great. It is crap, but here's why it's great crap. You and I got into Pete and I got into a conversation about UFOs. It was largely a conversation I think that revealed that I uh, objectively want to believe in UFOs. Pete is a little bit more skeptical, perhaps doesn't want to believe in UFOs. Yeah. Pete came up with all these crazy things to debunk uh, this UFO yeah. video that came out, and I was like, well, it's UFOs. Like, it's clearly <laughs> UFOs. Now, since then, uh, my understanding been debunked. Pete was right yet again. It totally was just planes or something like that. Oh, is that right? I haven't heard. What are they saying? Well, you know that guy who get, who makes my skin crawl, the, the Jeremy Corbett guy or whatever his name is? He gives me the heebie-jeebies. Not the politician in the UK, Jeremy Corbyn. No, Corbel, Corbel, Jeremy Corbel. He's like on, he was on Joe Rogan. He's the UFO guy. Okay. He was on, well, he's like this guy. He's really big into it. He released the video. He was the one oh, that right. like, this is my video. He said there's like 10 more, et cetera. But 
maybe more. I take no pleasure in being right if I was right. I still don't know that you were. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause, but, because what happened was, what happened was, I went to, what happened? I went to the UFO subreddit. And maybe I mentioned this on the podcast. I thought it was really going to be the most fun little community of UFO lovers. Any mm. video that was a UFO, they were going to be like, yeah. What I found was <laughs> these people don't believe any any UFO footage that comes out. It's crazy. I was wow. like, you guys are supposed to be the people who believe in all this stuff. But when I was in my imaginary land of thinking that there's, you know, UFOs that are visiting us, which very well I still think there could be, but that's beside the point. Uh, it's fun to imagine that kind of grandiose big problem as opposed to uh, everything else that mm. everyone is losing their minds about. Yeah. And people also seem to have a pretty good handle on. Like, like there's not many issues i think that are not being exhaustively and and intellectually thought about and engaged with somewhere yes i find an interest in in subjects uh, that are a little bit more uh ethereal in that sense so i i like that it feels safer to me yeah no that's very good that's very good and there is like so in psychoanalysis, this idea, as you know, this idea of jouissance this and the jouissance is painful pleasure it's this kind of uh, excessive pleasure we get that's not just a pleasure for a drink but it's the pleasure we get from an affair that will destroy our family potentially is that, that excessive type of pleasure and there's different types of different ways we can get jouissance one is from the fantasy of wholeness but one is the, from transgression one, one, one way we get, we get jouissance is by somehow putting ourselves against something or transgressing we all need it we all need some the troll transgress so the troll is is a type of jouissance definitely and also people who maybe were religious and now they do everything to attack their past religiosity mm -hmm. there's a jouissance you can see in their their transgressive attack on on their either real or imagined conservative friend so but that's, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's kind of going like, interesting, UFOs is a nice little transgressive kind of jouissance. So there's a pleasurable dimension to it, but it kind of like, without kind of mm -hmm. all of the negativity of all of the what's going yeah. on in the social world. And it's so, it's a funny, to me, what's so fascinating, and I'm not trying to again make the subject about UFOs. I love that you, I, this is, I love Twice that you bring it back. This is great. Every episode, yeah. I'm just going to be like, you know, this reminds me of yeah. UFOs. Uh, but it's so funny to me that with the idea behind there being UFOs and secret, you know, art, uh, extraterrestrials walking amongst us, is this the stakes of that hypothetical uh, conflict are so great, like huge stakes. Yet it doesn't; it's not as polarizing. Worst case scenario, people just think you're a little nuts. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. What are the stakes now? You see, you're making me ask you questions. Species now. annihilation, yeah. Oh, so you think total annihilation? So they can get our gold. We've talked about this. So, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very. I like that that they want our gold for their atmosphere. I love us for their atmosphere. It has to be, of course. Couldn't be for their soil. Yeah, that's right. That's that's very good. But um, what do you do? You think that? I, I do you it is I don't want to put words in your mouth but it, do you think it's partly like if they're really in life forms they might stop us from killing each other or something they might tell because in one sense like it's if they came with a message of you know you should just be nice to each other I mean John Lennon said that like we that's not new information but do you think like they'd force us to be nice to each other or something or what 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 do the aliens what are they going to bring us that's 
that's existentially useful. I feel like it'd be so inappropriate to put upon them some assumption of how they're going to be. I mean, they are their yeah. own beings, and therefore I think that's highly, highly problematic. And therefore I assume that I do not know, and I can only assume that something is going on. Um, but obviously this is just fun for me to talk about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> truly just fun. Yeah. Uh, I will... I, do you talk about this in the Valley cast? Um, yeah, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that... I mean, they've seen like the phenomenon, and I recommended that to them, and that's very fun. But I don't talk about it too much. I just, I not, nor do I feel actually truly passionate about it. Yeah. I just think it's an but excellent. I think, for the, I think you should have a persona where you do, where this is this is your thing. Like, just yeah. yeah I, the... I thought about making some videos on my <laughs> YouTube channel. Thank you for being here. That's like, uh, excuse me, trying to prove different conspiracy theories that I just completely make up, that oh, I, yeah. or I I pick a real one and I prove it just with total bullshit and I think that'd be really fun but that's more of a, a writing exercise anyway yeah oh by the way conspiracy theories are connected to what we're talking about because I think that a t conspiracy theories we all believe in some conspiracy like we all have the kind of thoughts I mean there's loads of conspiracies there are loads of things going on in the world where governments are lying etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but the conspiracy theory in the sense of this notion that there is some sort of secret cabal of people who are in control who have some secret knowledge who are simultaneously everywhere and nowhere mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is connected to the paranoid schizoid position because that is a form of there is some evil out there which is kind of nowhere and yet everywhere that that are that are responsible for everything that like that covers over and like i know someone who worked in a in an embassy and they said it's organized chaos, right? In embassies, like the highest levels of, 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 mm. the, of these places, it's not like there are these people sitting in a room drinking um, cognac, like talking about how they're going to manipulate cognac. the world economy. It's baby blood, come on. Yeah, it's, it's this chaos, these people who are just like us, who are, who are firefighting continually. And that's more terrifying for some of us, is more terrifying than there's an evil group in control, is the notion that... Like there is nobody in control. This is we are all in a in yeah. a chaotic, conflictual, ambiguous environment, and that's what Melanie Klein means by the depressive position. It's when the paranoid schizoid has an enemy, has another who is responsible, who is evil. If we get rid of them, everything will be great. The um the ambiguous position is is kind of going. We're all divided. It's all a bit well, chaotic. Here's what I here's what I'll I'll only okay. push back a little bit here. Please put, push back a little bit. Because lot. here's my here's where I get back on board with the idea of certain things happening that are uh uh that would lend credence to conspiracy theory thinking. Yep. One is I it seems to me to be a bridge too far to assume that the state of contradiction and the state of ambiguity is uniform across all of existence. So, and, and, and I'm worried I'm going to lose. I, I have to. I have to win you over. Right, right. I have but, to win you over. But it is. But a, keep going, it yes. is a fact that pockets of of organization and pockets of um, of of progress happen, and pockets probably of hyper organized evil, hyper organized good. These these can theoretically pop up. So to just out right say that they can't happen seems to be almost more conspiratorial than entertaining the idea that hey maybe 
Well, you're saying that, that maybe there is a non-divided, uh, non-antagonistic um, uh, reality at the core of existence. No, I think there might be systems of organization that can pop <clears throat> up, like like whole systems, like within a system, like a subsystem. Yeah, like fascism. Fascism is a whole and complete system without antagonism because the antagonism is the enemy the external enemy so but the figure of the jew what would what would that what what's to stop that type of idea if that can pop up in a a certain system what's to say a certain organized thing where they're drinking cognac smoking cigars and being like we're going to destroy a country with the push of a button uh okay yes no you're absolutely right but the but the issue is the fascist community is not without lack they have just put the lack onto another so they they they're not a they're but it is true they're a collective without lack but they're a collective without lack because they have literally projected their lack onto another but they are riven with lack they are riven with contradiction but they have found a way to yes to put it onto a scapegoat so you're, you're right so yes yeah, so you, yeah i get what you're saying so there are <laughs> there are groups that are maybe sitting around with cognac but um that's yes. what all these clubs are in LA that are yes. popping up. Well, that's, that's what, that's what our... they all fantasize. I mean, they all literally fantasize that they all think that they are the community with the answer that, yeah. that with the non-divided community, it's, it's hilarious. My whole life dream mm. as a dude is just to be in a room of old men with beards surrounded by books and like Edison light bulbs drinking scotch and being like, what is up with all of these like <laughs> <laughs> that like most yeah. elitist thing you could possibly imagine. But you know Sounds I so had fun. this. I did this. You know I this. Know. Nice. So, it's so I, cool. Yeah, like as for people who don't know, like I was crazy. I was living in a, in in Belfast. I'd been living in a squad. I was unemployed. I had no money. I was living in a place called the Village. I was living on a road called the Keel, and um, it was a shithole. And then I got this offer, like winning the lottery without even entering. This offer to come to America. Uh, someone would lend me this beautiful home and pay for everything for a few years for me to develop my work, right? These people later became very close friends of mine. They were very rich. They'd made their money in the stock market, and now they just in, they just bet on ideas, right? And they said they wanted to give money to me to help me develop my ideas. Anyway. For, so they weren't good at it. Was that? So they weren't yes, good exactly. at it. Yes, exactly. Well, he did, he did say to me, he said, like, I get two out of three right. So he said, you know, you might be the one that I get wrong. But hey, you know, I don't think he was wrong. Oh, I think thank you. Very well. That's very kind. But I, for three, for four years in, in the end, I was crazily went from that environment to hanging around with literally, there was two billionaires that I got to meet. And one of them who I consider, like he's, a, I haven't talked to him for over a year now, but a, a really beautiful man. Um, and so I was in these circles of what people think are the the cognac drinking mm-hmm. elite. They're all just as messed up as everybody else. Like they're all just as good and bad and talented and untalented. And there is no. You're just billionaires, dude. You gotta get to the trillionaire level before. Oh you're yes, all right. Cognac. Before they yeah. get there, they really have control. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a uh, not to digress too much. I, I I do agree with what you're saying. I think that it's uh, all fun to talk about and think about. I do getting back to our original oh yes subject matter uh my what 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 advice what what uh I mean really it's advice to yourself I know because, I was gonna oh you're glad you said that I was about to say that so, yeah because yeah. you you have the anxiety about it because I I do think you you're 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 cooped up I've been yeah. cooped up I I I feel I've noticed a sort of um 
just more of a prickliness to me in recent months just because of just like especially it's almost more difficult now that things are kind of opening up it's almost like okay let's get on with it when there was no end in sight to this thing it was a lot easier to be like i go into a fugue fugue state i'm i'm like i don't care what what where are you at what do you want to say to you if you disembodied yourself from yeah i mean because you're so right about advice to yourself because we've said it before but like my apartment is a good example of a of a uh, a surgical aesthetic which is shit it's like it's um everything's straight everything's clean there you you would look at this and you go like this is not there's no toleration of 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 dirt and the funny thing is that i love that personally like i'm from northern ireland some of my best friends like i've got a really good friend nick who um you put him in a party he's always going to do something inappropriate and he sometimes can be very inappropriate and sometimes he has to apologize and it's all a bit of chaos but you want him at a party because he's the person who gets everything moving and lively yeah. and all that i love this nature of my work i love people's quirks i love what makes us human the, the weirdness of us all so the thing is i guess you know we all have to we've got to kind of love that dimension of the other mm-hmm. and we've got to and but we've got to somehow um find environments where we know that those parts of ourselves are not just tolerated but celebrated i mean that's what love is in a way is when you find the weirdness of the other and you don't just tolerate it because you like them you actually like it you like their weirdness you mm-hmm. like the thing that makes them weird and not normal because none of us are normal mm-hmm. in fact normality is the weirdest form of uh, abnormality um so the, yeah so yeah, my, yeah I like it. your friend is like the uh, goomba in mario you know those little uh mushroom shaped things that oh, float yeah. along and they hurt everything and then they destroy everything and you just gotta bonk them on their head mm-hmm. and then you take care of them so your friend's the goomba but you're the roomba and you'll go around and you'll make sure everything's neat and tidy yeah. so next time you talk to your friend you can just tell them that you're the goomba i'm the roomba and then you're good to go that, that, that's good that's going to be in my next book i'm we'll a slam poet yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah uh well what's yeah so what but what advice would you give like if you were like is just to, to you need it like just go for it like well, getting like yeah. dump, jumping into a cold pool or something yeah. well you know i played poker with my mates recently from belfast and the funny thing is there was one point where there was something every every time something controversial comes up and there's tension at the table which is weird because we've all known each other for years but every time the tension comes up then someone says something really really offensive and inappropriate and that breaks it (laughs) i try to do that i try to in my uh my go-to is when um somebody will one of my friends will say something about someone that like a famous person who said something that was inappropriate online and uh i and that they're being maybe someone's being canceled and my response is always we need to not cancel them we need to kill them we need to (laughs) cut that we need to cut off the we need to bury them we need they have to be executed i don't know what to tell you and it's just like (laughs) it is my fun little way of being like what do you want to kill them See, that's the comedian. That's the comedian move. Just kill it. Always the comedian move is to go the counterintuitive way. That's also dialectics is the counterintuitive way. Is it way. counterintuitive? I feel like it's more, it's just taking it to its extreme of like, well, they deserve to be canceled. Like they deserve, they should be cast. They should be 
flung out into the streets. That's yeah. what I, yeah. But that's, that is like, yeah, you're taking it to the logical conclusion, but that's what people don't want to say. So at the poker table, everyone will do it. So as soon as something's a bit controversial, they will throw in a bomb and then everyone laughs. <laughs> and it's, yeah. like, it's, it's like the extreme. So it's like, how, yeah, it's like, we just need to. We need to know that the fun oh, is in the Oh, I got attention. it. We just need to lighten the hell up. <laughs> there you go. We did it. We figured yeah. it out. We finally came yeah. to a conclusion on one of these episodes. Yeah. Except for people who disagree with me. Exactly. They and be then, and then they should killed. be canceled and yeah. killed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's not worth lightening up. Sometimes it's a bad time to lighten up. Sometimes it's very serious. It's just my goodness if things aren't very yeah. serious right well, now all the time. Here, this is the whole point. Like I come from a a, a war zone. Like a, a, and the point uh, when I say. The minute I make the difference between war and conflict, I say that war is the inability to have conflict. This is not about saying we're all we all like each other. No, I want to hang out with people I don't like yeah. and literally say I don't like you. I think you're awful, and they say I think you're awful, and we well maybe enter you hang out a dialectic. few times before you lead yeah. with that. That's why I hang out with you. <laughs> you think you're awful. <laughs> so, but that's dialectics. That's like um, that's like this weird thing where you go oh. That's where the that's a political move. I think it's it's political. Do you really to, not like these people though? I know people. I I can think of. There's one person, like a few people, who mm-hmm. I genuinely do not like, and I will see them pop up. Uh, we know each other. We're acquaintances. I genuinely don't like them, and yeah. then I'm like, I never want to see that person. Yes. Yeah. But there are other people who annoy me, and I disagree with them. And those people I want around all are, yes. all the time. Yes, those yeah. people are awesome. The people who annoy me and the people who who uh, I disagree with are cool. Yeah. The people who I don't like, I don't like them. You know, yeah. I mean, it's productive. It's productive antagonism. We want productive antagonism, enjoyable antagonism, and we don't want. And we don't want it all the time either. Like, there's those friends we love because we see the world in the same way. There's nothing wrong with that. That's brilliant. But there's those friends we love where we don't see the world in the same mm-hmm. way, and we also need them. And that's probably almost even a little bit better in some respects but we need both you know we know like oh when you meet somebody at a party and you're like we see the world in the same way and oh you understand me that's wonderful there's nothing wrong with that but then you also meet that person at a party where you go i disagree with you entirely and for some reason i find you fascinating well i think the problem too and maybe you can relate to this pete but i sometimes my worry is not that i will disagree with someone it's it's that I will come off like I, and I've, I've gotten feedback on this, and it is a painful pill to swallow, but a bitter pill, I guess you would say. But my fear is that I will come off like I think I know better than people, or that I think I'm better than people. Uh, anyway, here's a song about God. That's a Bo Burnham reference, yeah. uh, that, all that was. But uh, that's my fear, is like I, I think that, I worry more about the impression I'm giving off in a, in a situation of just being like, cause I do think about all this stuff and I am like always paying attention to it in real time. And I think it can sometimes give the impression. I think it can be almost more of a put off for me, for, like for them than mm-hmm. for like, am I the unlikable one? Because I'm sitting here going like, I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm whatever. And I, I am interested in this stuff. So I will always at the ready be like, here's what I think. Like yes. I got an opinion here and I think I've, I really thought this through and I've been alone for a year and a half. So I think I got a really good idea about it. And it's like, I think that annoys people and it gives, that's the, I think the core of my anxiety of going back to, uh, the, the, the real world is a, 
fear that I will be seen as lacking any sort of intellectual humility because uh, I do school stuff and I, I, I'm always fearful that I'm going to come off like I think I'm better than, than yeah. people. And sometimes I do think I'm better than people in certain ways. I think I might know think more things or be in a, a certain um, frame of reference that I, I prefer, but I also think that they will be better than me in many billion other ways. I don't think it's any like... I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be like, yes, I, I you know, know more about this thing than you do. And therefore yeah. that can come off. Like, I think I'm better than you, but in actuality, I'm really passionate about this stuff and I love it. And I don't know how to necessarily package it so that I don't come off like an asshole. But that, that exactly what you're saying is, uh, is that you're embracing your own ambiguity. That's why. So there's a sketch of people that are wanting to look at it called, and you've seen it, Are We the Bodies by Mitchell and Webb. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the very moment. We have skulls. You have skulls, yeah. So they're, they're basically, they're, they're kind of the Nazis and they're, they're marching into Germany towards Moscow. And they basically are going like, are, are we the bodies? But the point when you can say, am I the body? Like, is there a part of me that is not good? That's the point when you're not the body. Like, so exactly the, the point when you can be and I can be self-reflective and say, I can be a dick and I can be arrogant or whatever. It's not the cure, but it's kind of like it partly is the cure. It is it's the cure. It's, 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 it's as close it's, as I'm going to get, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, because you're not putting it out. You're kind of going like, listen, I think I can be like this. And the very point that you're doing that is you can tolerate ambiguity. You can tolerate your 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 yeah. kind of internal contradictions which which is the cure which and i and not to make this too real of a moment but oh. uh i do believe that the people who watch and listen to this podcast i i am amazed at how well it's doing and i love it very much and thank you to everyone thank you but I, it's, it's tough a slow to burn see. by the way this is growing and we don't know but it's like I it's think it's doing well. It's doing well. It's creepy. Um, it's creepy. And yeah. it scares me because I'm not used to having things go well professionally. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's really beautiful. But there's this fine line of like, I try not to harp on that too much because I see other people who are like, I'm just so thankful for that. And it's like, maybe they are, but I don't want to come off like I'm. And then as a result, I think I come off like I don't care at all. So thank you very much to anyone who listens to this podcast or signs up at patreon.com or subscribes to this channel or subscribes to us on iTunes. Maybe even leaves us a review. That'd be really cool too. Or even best of all, best of all that, maybe tell a friend about it. However, uh, (laughs) there is like a, a, yeah, there's a very, there's a deep, deep paranoia, uh, almost you could say a neurosis about how uh, I will come off in the new world of trying very hard to just be like, interested in other people and not trying to to do my dude but I, I also at the same time will always i know find those people where i'm like i don't like you, i don't like you and here as a comedian it's good like honestly comedy and i think it's funny because sometimes we like people there's that remember that um we talked about this little cartoon where it says you know comedians talking on a podcast and it has this line of going up comedians tell the truth to a society that can't handle the truth and then comedians in real life and they're talking he's telling a joke about a mother-in-law uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but um but there is something about comedians comedy. are the last bastion of philosophy <laughs> yeah and then so. it's like oh met a girl on tinder the other yeah. day and she what's was with saying, airplane food yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, airplane but, food, yeah but the truth is like there is a little bit of me to go like comedians at their best are the ones who kind of like 
are this kind of antagonism, this tension, they bring up these difficult truths. And so you, in terms of what you do, is like you have to navigate this world. Dude, I know? got a compliment out of the blue yesterday What's on that? Twitter. A compliment mm. out of the blue. Someone who just, I guess, happened upon my um, comedy special on Amazon and was very sweet about yeah. it and very like nice and was just like, I consume a lot of stand-up comedy. Like You did really well. And I was like, that means so much. Like A stranger just being like, this is really nice. And it meant a ton to me but my first thought was like i really had the thought because i said thank you and i had the thought i was like is he messing with me like is he doesn't <laughs> he's probably lying he's probably gonna reply and be like psych it sucked and i'd be like okay great i agree thank you it did suck i thought we were gonna do another version of it. but anyway yeah um it's all very very beautiful yeah. and we'll all be fine and yes. we all love each other and, and it's by the way great the title of your the stand-up the last one you did holy shit is a great example best, of best everything we're ever. talking about. Best yeah. title I've ever come up with. <laughs> it is. It's kind of the holy and the shit, the the, the pure and the impure, like which is the chaosmos, the the, yeah. the chaos and the cosmos, the pure and the impure, the the holy and the unholy, the sacred and the profane. That somehow these cannot be separate. Like when we separate them in a non-dialectic way, yeah, yeah. we enter into war. Somehow they're connected, and that's that's what your stand-up was about. Well, the next one's Ridiculous Universe, and I'm very yeah, excited yeah, about nice. it. You might not like that one as much. I know. You're going to go all um, You better get in the spaceship and buckle up, bitch. Here me. we go. <laughs> get on the Gravitron. Uh, yeah. It's going to be very fun. But what uh, takeaways do you have, Pete? We haven't done a takeaway in a while. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know. So takeaway is we got to enjoy the tension and the antagonism of relationships. There is no non-toxic relationship with other people or ourselves there there's a and we need to kind of somehow in fact not only tolerate that but that's actually where the fun is that's where the learning is that's where the enjoyment is if we can't have conflict we'll end up in war so find a way to enjoy conflict i'm saying that to myself when you go to a party enjoy the chaos and um you know be gracious with it with yourself and others i love your takeaway Uh, my takeaway would be just to recognize that there's never really any reason to have any conflict or contradiction <laughs> with anyone don't have any tension and yep. if you do feel like you might then stay home maybe and keep away from them keep away from it yeah use your lube do, use whatever you need to do to avoid the contradictions inherent in life and if you do that you will actually prevent war in whatever capacity that happens in your personal life because war is conflict war is no i yeah. said okay i fell Amen. off the rails there i got <laughs> like bored a, i got bored with my own bit uh, which happens but this but, was the anti-lube uh podcast episode yes hashtag yeah. not anti-lube yeah. yeah um thank you yeah yeah anti-lube that won't be the title bye everybody <laughs> bye.